God, we welcome you in this place. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Will you just talk to him with me? He has waited all week for this day. All week for this day. He is so happy that you are here. We are so happy that you are here. We are so excited to worship with you together and celebrate yet another Resurrection Sunday. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Bless your name, God. You are holy and worthy. We love you, Father. We appreciate you, Lord. Thank you, God, for the air that we breathe. Thank you, God, for the activity of our limbs. Thank you, Father, for waking us up in our right minds, Lord. Thank you, God, for the blood still running warm in our veins, God. Thank you, Jesus, for food to eat and clothes to wear, Father. Thank you, God, for money, for gas, for bills, for food, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for all the things that we take for granted every single day. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for a house of worship to come to in safety. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that we get to celebrate the fact that you rose, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, that you didn't stay gone. You didn't stay bound, Father God. You took the keys of hell and the grave, Father God. Hallelujah. You defeated death, God, for us. Lord God, before the foundation of the world, Lord Jesus, you had the victory, God, and you have given the victory to us. We are grateful, Lord. Open your mouth. Hallelujah. He wants to hear what you have to say, not just me. He wants to hear what you have to say. You know why? Because he loves you that much. He loves all of us the same. And he is so interested in us. He is so in love with us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We are so grateful that you are here this morning. One thing I just wanted to uh, really quickly say this. You are welcome here. You are welcome here. You are welcome and free to worship and respond to God. Hallelujah. Here, you can lift your hands. You can walk around. You can cry out. You can kneel down. Whatever it is that you need to do is in response to him because we know you feel something. You know that churning you feel? That pulling that you feel, that's the, that's the Holy Spirit. And he is trying to engage with you so you don't have to be afraid and you don't have to be embarrassed and you don't have to feel like anybody's going to look at you funny or put you out. That's not happening here. You are welcome here. Have you ever heard of the phrase, when I think, I thank? Has anybody ever heard that phrase? Let your memories of what God has done ignite your praise because nobody knows better than you what he has saved you from. And don't worry, if you haven't been saved yet, you can be. You're not beyond his reach. Don't be afraid to let your mind go to the extreme when worshiping God. He is literally, literally every good thing you can ever think of and more. He is everything, every good thing you could ever think of and more. Remember, we're limited in our thinking because we're human, but he is every good thing you can think of and more. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Does anybody have joy today? Anybody got joy? All right. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Pulling on joy from heaven's reserve. He stored up enough for every winter I'll serve. 
Hallelujah. I'm seeing beyond my circumstance. This joy that I have is my inheritance joy. This is the joy of the Lord. The joy, the joy, the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy, the joy, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Oh, he is my hope. The joy, the joy. Walking beside me and he knows my
and say, King of glory, fill this place. King of glory, fill this place. Fill this place. Fill this place. Fill this place. But fill this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just want to be with you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus.
Hallelujah. Daddy, we love you this morning. Jesus, you're the King of kings and Lord of lords. Father, we thank you, Lord God. Daddy, as we've said all along, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Daddy, you are worthy of praise today. Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you're the King of glory. Thank you that you've come, that you died, but that you rose again. That, Lord, we have hope for tomorrow because what you did in our yesterday. Father, you are the King of kings and Lord of lords. Jesus, we exalt you on high today. We say there's nothing you can't do. So we've come, Lord God, to give you glory. We've come to meet with you. Hear the prayer of your children today, Daddy. Come and fill this place. Not just this room and this building, not just these airwaves that are carrying this throughout the nation and world, but God, fill this place, our lives, with your glory. We don't want just a good Easter experience, Father. We want an encounter with you that's real, life-changing, transforming, because I know you are the healer. You are the Redeemer. You are the Passover lamb that was killed and rose again. Today, Daddy, we trust you. Because not even death and hell and the grave could hold you down. And if they couldn't hold you down, there's nothing impossible for you to do. So I pray for every person in this room who's going through what they're going through, Lord God. Father, that the enemy has come against, that sickness has tried to rob, that depression has tried to steal, that addiction had tried to keep in bondage. In the name of Jesus, we speak freedom, we speak healing, we speak health, we speak peace in the name of Jesus. Not by might, not by power, but by your spirit, declares the Lord. We trust it and we believe it. We give you the glory. We thank you in advance for the miracles that are yet to come. In Jesus' name, come on. And everybody said amen and amen. Come on, can we give God one more shout of glory this morning? Come on, it's Easter, hallelujah. Woo. Oh, good morning, Connect Church. He has risen. He has risen indeed. Oh. He is. It is the resurrection. What a miracle that you're standing in today. You're not just standing in a building. You're not just standing in a moment in time in space. You are standing in a miracle. Because what humanity said was impossible, a body being dead for three days. Coming back to life is a miracle of God. We do not stand here today as believers in Jesus simply because he died on the cross. The cross would have been meaningless if this day didn't happen. Because my God said, I was telling the truth. I've come to redeem you and set you free. And it's not by your work, but it's by the work of my perfect son that will set you free. We've got reason to rejoice. You may have had a tough week. You may have had 
a last couple of tough years. But I know this to be true, that my God is able. If he was able to overcome death, hell, and the tomb, he's able to overcome anything you're going through. And here's the best news. It's not because you're good enough, because you're not. And we never will be, but he always is. So today, welcome to Connect. This church isn't about just having a, a cool experience with church. This church is about proclaiming that Jesus Christ came, he died, and he rose again. It's all about the King of kings and Lord of lords. And we want to help you get connected to him. And so we're really glad you're here today. And if you're watching online today, because we know we have people who are still battling COVID and, 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 and on vacation and have all sorts of things going on, we want to tell you we love you. We're so glad that you're able to, to join in with us. Church, can we give those guys a hand as well? Thank you for joining us today. So, so good. We say it all the time, but the same God that's in this room is, in this, is the same God that's in your room. So when we praise, praise, when we're preaching, come on, shout me down from your living room. My God is able. Church, we're family. And we've got a lot to celebrate today. So before you're seated, can you just turn to someone and give them a high five or a fist pump or whatever you feel comfortable. But take a moment to say hi. Tell them you're glad to see them today. Wish them a happy Resurrection Sunday. Pastor Ron, he's risen. He's risen he has risen indeed. Come on, somebody. That's old school. I love it. I got up this morning. I have this old school. I used to go to um, sunrise service when I was a little kid. Anybody ever go to sunrise service when you were a little kid? All right, I got some peoples out there. My dad would drag me at like, oh, dark 30 in the morning. And we would always sing a song that I sing every Easter and bother Danielle. Every morning is Easter morning from now on. Every day is resurrection day. The past is over and gone. I just love it. I, this is my favorite day of the year. It just is. It's, it's, it's not simply because we get to have church on this day. It's, it's because why we get to be church is because of today. We get to be church. If not, if today didn't happen... We'd be just like any other religious philosophy that's out there. And there are a ton of good religious philosophies that are out there that try to make people better people. But see, this day isn't really what that day, what that is about at all. This day enables us to be the church of Jesus Christ. To actually stand in transformation. And to rejoice in a miracle. And if my God was faithful to his son... He will be faithful to you because you're a son and a daughter as well. And that's what we want to help you walk in. Look, if, you are, if this is your first or second time here at Connect, welcome. We're really glad. Thank you for coming to be our guest today. We really hope that you consider making this your home. And we want to let you know just a little bit about your home before we hop into the Word today. But there's so much going on here. And this house is really dedicated to helping your life, helping you walk this thing out with God. Because it's really hard. Christianity, trying to do it by ourselves, is hard. It's why we need each other. And so we have these groups that meet during the week. They, they meet via online. Uh, and uh, it's, we, we have discipleship groups because Jesus said to go and make disciples. 
He didn't just say go and go to church. He said go and make disciples. And so we want to help you be a disciple, which simply means a follower of Jesus. And how many of us know in this world it's really hard to follow sometimes? So we need each other. We, we just need each other. Um, so they meet. We have men's groups that are called Forged and women's groups that are called Shoulder to Shoulder. And you can find out more about that on Linktree or anything. Ask somebody here. But that's really what we're about. We're also about making a difference in community. And part of the way that we do that is through our food truck ministry, Thy Kingdom Crumb. Maybe you've seen the food truck. Maybe you've been to the food truck. Maybe you've picked up boxes from the food truck and taken them to neighbors and coworkers and friends. We do it all the time. And you can find out information about that's a great place to serve our king and to love on our community. We also have a silent auction coming up for that to help support that on May 15th. So uh, you can find out a little bit more about that. Stephanie, can you give him a wave over here? Steph will be out in the lobby right afterwards. She's the head of our uh, um, TKC ministry. But it's, it's going to be a great time. We also have baptisms coming up that following week. So if you haven't been baptized yet... Great time to get baptized. You can sign up this week. It'll be online. And one last great news. I know I just did a little bit of uh, housekeeping, but I want you to know if this is your church or this is something you want, maybe thinking about being your church, we want you to know what, you're, what is open to you, what it's all about, right? There's no sales gimmick here. Notice, we, like, I just want to stop for a second. We're not doing anything different this morning than we don't do every other week. Because the truth is, I'm not trying, we don't want to suck you in with a gimmick. We want to let you know what we're all about. And we're about helping you love Jesus more. At the depth you want to love him. And so, one last little thing that I want you to know about, which is exciting. After a year and a half, we're finally getting our parking lot redone this week. And I'm talking about all the way so that there's not another flood. For some of you who don't know, our church was flooded out a year ago uh, after a huge building process. And it was crazy. But it took us a year and a half to get all the approvals. So it's starting next week. So just pay attention to some of the signs. It'll be open. But there will be some new traffic patterns over the next little bit. Thank you for working with us because I know you would rather have to reroute a little bit and still have a church then it rain and flood and not have a church. So that's what it's about. I'm so glad you're here. Hey, can we just pray before we get in the word? I, man, I've, there's something in my spirit this morning. Before I say this, before we pray, you know, we're not a silent church, as you can tell. And there's something about the joy of the Lord being our strength. There's joy in this place today because he rose again. Father, help us to have that joy. Daddy, with all the distractions of our life, today we bow down before you. Open our eyes to see the truth of your word. Open our hearts today to receive what you have for us. Open our ears to hear the word differently, to hear what you're trying to say and who you are to us. Enlighten our heart so that we may fall more desperately in love with you. Thank you for living and dying and rising again. Because today the tomb is empty and you are alive. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Oh, I'm so glad. Are you guys ready for the word this morning? I'm so ready for the word. If you, since you brought your Bible, can you open with me to Luke chapter 24? Luke is the third book of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke. If you don't have your Bible, you can use your phone, your tablet, whatever else you've got. It's written by Luke, who was a disciple of Jesus. He is a doctor. He is a phenomenal historian and a great writer. 
So he writes this book telling us the life of Jesus. If you're looking for a title of today's message is, I was telling the truth. I was telling the truth. Truth is an interesting word, isn't it? Especially in our world today. In our modern world, truth is something that seems to be difficult to find, even harder to determine, and almost never lines up with the comfortable life that you and I want. Right? Have you ever been in the place where you have said, man, I really wish that were true. I I really would like that to be true, but I'm not really sure. You know, I wonder, after three years, or after the three last months, or maybe the last three days that the disciples had with Jesus, I wonder if they ever said that about the words he was telling. You know, when he said to them, my kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom is open for everyone. Come on, Jew and Gentile, sin, sinner and saint alike, it's open for everybody. These things I have done, you shall do also. These miracles, these these amazing things that I have done, you're going to do too. I wonder if they thought, man, I really wish that was true. Jesus, I'd really like that to be true. But it's not really been my experience. I can't really see that happening in my life. That's not really the way that I read the word, Jesus. I mean, come on. Just three nights before this this morning, he had said to them, "Uh, I want you to know that I'm going to be betrayed, arrested. I'm going to be crucified. But don't worry, because after three days, I'm going to rise from the dead. He had just said that to them, and they must have been thinking They must have obviously been thinking to themselves, Jesus, I really really wish that would be true. But I really can't see it happening like that. My friends, this has been the battle God has been fighting with humanity since he lost us in the garden. God, I know you said it, but I'm not sure I believe it's true. From Adam... To Peter, to Judas, to Nicodemus, down to you and I. I know that we all proclaim the truth of Isaiah 55 that says God's thoughts are above my thoughts. His ways and his thoughts are higher than my thoughts. But when it really comes down to it, when it really comes down to believing it, that he is telling the truth, I think at times, if we're honest with ourselves, we struggle to accept that as being reality in our lives. It's phenomenal theology that we amen, but we struggle. Anybody, come on, anybody other than me struggle with sometimes getting my life to line up with what he says is true? And this is where our story begins. With the disciples coming with the, the proper ointments and the proper spices to prepare a body that Jesus said shouldn't have been there. He had said it, but they didn't believe it. Can any of us relate to those moments? I wonder where we would be on this Easter morning 2,000 years ago. Would we have been part of that party, that group that went down with the spices to prepare a body that shouldn't have been there? Or maybe we wouldn't even have bothered venturing out because after all, we knew that he was dead 
So we're going to lock ourselves away in our little upper room and mourn what we believed we had lost. Come on, if you ever have felt like this, if you're feeling like this, if you ever find yourself feeling like this, you're in good company. Even those who walk with Jesus for three years struggle to believe what he said was true. But here's the reality. This is what's different about this day. The tomb has a voice. The tomb has a voice. And we need to let it say what it says to us about Jesus, which is simply this. I was telling the truth. I was telling the truth. This day, my friends, is a game changer. It changes everything if we allow it to. It is not simply a day in history. It is the game-changing day in history. Maybe we can find ourselves in this verse. Luke 24, verse 1 says this, But on the first day of the week, which is a Sunday, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the body. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, two Men, two angels, stood by them in shining garments, and as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the man or angel said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? Come on, you can underline that or highlight that in your Bible. Why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while you were still together in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered in the hands of sinful men, be crucified on the third day, and rise again? And then... They remembered his words. <laughs> and then they remembered. Do you know, I've read this verse hundreds of times. But the thing that jumped out at me this time was the question the angel asked. Why? Why are you looking for him here? And I don't know about you, but I think the answer is obvious. Because, that's, because he died, and this is where you go to see dead people, the cemetery. It's logical, isn't it? But it's only logical from one perspective. And I think that's the issue. The issue is like the disciples, if we're honest with ourselves, we tend to listen to the words of Jesus through the lens of our own truth, which is mainly developed out of our emotions and our own experiences. I mean, look, look just a few verses after this. Look at Peter. Peter the rock, right? Peter the rock. He's the bold one. He's the one who cuts off the ear of the servant. I ain't going to let nobody take Jesus, right? Here's Peter, this man of action. Verse 12 says, when he left the tomb, he was wondering what had happened. I don't know what happened. What happened here? I'm wondering. Why is he wondering? Jesus told him what was going to happen. Because we all do this. I think it's easy, my friends, as a, even as a disciple, to allow our own personal beliefs to create a perspective where we are living as Jesus' disciples while still not yet fully accepting Jesus' truth. This is the challenge of modern Christianity. We have begun to believe that we get the ability to live and call ourselves Jesus' disciples while not yet fully accepting Jesus' truth. 
And what it does inside of us is it gives our soul permission to craft and create this Christianized paradigm where Christ himself is central. But his words are still filtered through our, uh, our, our, our acceptance process. It's like college acceptance. You still have to, you have to, you got to go through the process. Do I really believe it's true? I, I like this show. I love this show on History Channel called The Curse of Oak Island. All right, don't judge me. Um, and and the, if you don't know the premise, the premise is that there's this group of people who are digging for treasure that have, and they've been, there's been people digging there for 200 years trying to find this treasure. And this particular group, they, when they dig a, a dig site, they take the big spoils and they dump them into a wash basin. And then they go through it until they find a trinket that fits their narrative. Then they choose to throw everything else away and view it as common or unnecessary because it does not fit their narrative. And unfortunately, I think like Peter, if we're honest, we often allow our pain and our pessimism to create, uh, to create our perspective on the trinkets of truth that we will choose to keep or discard based on our narrative. What's the narrative we believe about God? What's the narrative we believe about our lives? What's the narrative we believe about our righteousness, our faithfulness, and who Jesus really is? What's possible? But here's the dilemma. Jesus said in Luke 21, 33, heaven and earth will pass away, but not one word of my, wor of my word will pass away ever. Not one promise, not one proclamation, not one truth that I've told you, not one dot or tittle. That's not one dotted I or cross T. Nothing I have proclaimed. Heaven and earth, gone. Everything you know and base your life's filter off of, that disappears. But my word, it stands forever. This is the dilemma that we face as disciples of Jesus. Because what we know tangibly is going. And what we struggle with is staying. Now we have to decide what is the trinket of truth that fits the narrative. And whose narrative decides the trinket of truth. See, here's the truth. Dean and I were talking about this this week. They knew life to death. But they did not know death to life. Right? That's why when they heard him say, I'm going to die and come back again, they began to translate it like we all do through the perspective through the different ways he could have meant that i mean he i know what he said but he could have meant it this way i mean he really could have meant it that way and we begin to filter it through that what he could have meant see i know here's the truth we would never say that god is a liar right gone never gonna say god's a liar we know better but when his truth doesn't line up with our truth we start to reframe that truth into something we can understand. Something that we can actually logically make sense of and be able to put into practice and sink our teeth into. But here's the problem. The empty tomb isn't logical. The empty tomb in the natural doesn't make sense. Come on. Think about this with me for just a moment. Jesus said they were coming back. He was coming back. And they never even bothered to ask, where should we meet you 
after you return. Like, I know some of you are too young to know a time before cell phones. But there was a time we didn't have cell phones. And when we used to go to Disney World, when we didn't have cell phones, your mama and daddy said, if we get separated, we're going to meet at the fountain. I don't care how we get separated. I don't care what happens at the separation. I don't care how long we're separated. We're going to meet at the fountain. They didn't even bother to ask Jesus where the fountain was. How much did they really believe him? See, they believed God only through the lens of what their experience told them was truth. People die, even good people, and they stay dead no matter what is said. Add on top of that, their spiritual and religious, culturally religious experience that they all went through, which, by the way, has a powerful influence on us. Our cultural and past religious experiences have powerful influences on what we believe about God in our future. We'll come to verses like, God says, I can heal. I know, God, you say you can heal, but my mama died. I know, God, I'd like to believe that grace is enough to set me free. But up till now, all of my experiences tell me something differently up till now. See, what I love about God is he's always looking for those up till now moments. An up till now moment. See, up till now, Noah had worked hard and took over a hundred years to build an ark. And he worked hard gathering the animals together and taking care of them. He worked hard for God to make sure people got out of the judgment and into, uh, into salvation. But he died. Abraham, up till now, he was so willing and so excited to seal, the sac- uh, to seal the covenant with God that he would sacrifice anything. He was willing to sacrifice leaving his hometown, leaving his people. He was willing to sacrifice by circumcising himself at an old age. Ouch! He was so willing to sacrifice, he was willing to sacrifice his own son. But even he wasn't good enough and died. Moses, come on, Moses talked to God in a burning bush, faced down Pharaoh, killed the Passover lamb, died. Samson, so strong, he could tear down buildings with his bare hands, died. Solomon, come on, had all the wealth that we could ever dream of, had wives and wealth galore, built a temple for God, for people to worship, died. David, come on somebody, David had faced an unbeatable foe in Goliath and defeated him, had driven off thousands upon thousands of enemies, had a heart after God and still died. Why am I looking for the living among the dead? Because all of my life's experiences, even my spiritual cultural ones, have led me to believe this is truth up till now. I think many times, if we're honest, when it comes to walking with God, it's hard to trust when life's experiences, even our spiritual ones, have told us something very different. I know Jesus has taught me differently, but the experiences of my life have shown me my truth. But my friends, can I respectfully say that truth is coming from the wrong perspective. 
They came to this tomb this morning logically, experientially, expecting a dead body in the grave. But he is not here. He has risen just like he said. The truth is, when the angel said, why have you come here? Why did you come looking for him? He was coming. He was coming. Uh, to, he was coming from a completely different place of truth. His truth did not come from an experience from life that said what was true. His truth came from an experience with who God is that is true. The angel was coming from an encounter with who God is that determined truth that enabled him to look at the empty tomb differently than the men and women who came to the tomb logically and experientially. I love that the angel says, uh, hey, I just want to remind you, do you remember Jesus told you this way back while you were still in Galilee? Way back when? Right, look, Jesus didn't just drop this truth on them. It didn't just like spring out of him uh, at the, when he's being arrested in the garden. Like he's being drug off a chase. By the way, I'm coming back. Over. And over and over and over again, he had told them the same truth. I think that's the thing about God's truth. That he doesn't just drop it on us on our moment of decision. He has said it to you over and over and over again through different people and different places, through different vehicles and different situations. God has been bringing this truth to you differently over and over and over again. We just didn't see it correctly until now. Up until now. You know, Danielle and I love these, uh, these kind of, uh, we love to watch a good whodunit. Anybody like to watch a good whodunit mystery? Like, we like, no one, there's like no one in here. No one like, we like, nope, we all just want like action movies or, or rom-coms. I just want to see them love each other. Well, we like a good whodunit, a good mystery movie. And I think what we love about it is that after, after it's over, sometimes we like to go back and watch it again. To see all the clues we missed. Because there were clues all along that we just didn't see. Because we were looking at that individual, at that person, at that situation, come on somebody, through a different lens. We just, the clues were there all along, we just didn't see the truth. That's what God has been doing throughout history. God has not left us without the clues. It's not he was trying to keep himself from him. It's because we were from him, away from him that through his word, he kept leaving clues about who he actually is time and time again. So that now, through the empty tomb, we can see he was telling the truth. He was telling the truth. See, my friends, the cross says, I love you. But the empty tomb says, I was telling the truth. Even when it doesn't make sense, I was telling the truth. Even when your circumstance says something different, my truth speaks louder than your circumstance. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I'm the only way to get to the Father. My friends, if that was not true, if there was another way, then the God of life and death would have left that tomb filled and that body in the grave. And he would have said, I'm going to leave him there because that man is a liar. Yeah. 
But he didn't leave him in the tomb, somebody. The grave is empty because God is saying Jesus was telling the truth. The tomb shouts, you can trust me. I was telling the truth all along. Through all those experiences you thought were one way, I was telling the truth. You just needed to reframe your perspective. Come on, to Noah, he was saying, I was telling the truth. That there was an ark that was needed to carry my people through judgment. But it would not be the one you built, but the one I sent. To Abraham, he was saying, I was telling the truth. There needed to be a sacrifice of the son in order to, to seal the covenant I was making with my people. But it would not be the, the death of your son that seals it, but the death of my son that seals the deal. To Moses, he was telling the truth. He said, there would be, there would be a Passover lamb that would deliver my people from oppression and the, uh, from, and the tyranny of the enemy. But it would not be the Passover lamb that you roasted on the fire. It would be my Passover lamb that I roasted in my judgment. Come on. To Solomon he said, I was telling the truth that there needed to be a temple built so that my people could worship me unhindered. But it will not be a temple built by human hands, but one built on the chief cornerstone of Jesus Christ, the rock who builds the temple with his people, living and alive to David, who God said your kingdom would, would be without end. He was telling the truth, but it would not be the king who had a heart after God. It would be the king who was God at heart. Come on, somebody. He was telling the truth. To Eve, he said, I am telling the truth. The son born of a woman would crush the serpent's head, but it will not be your son that is born that will do it, but my son that is risen from the dead. To the angel that was guarding the tomb, that separated God from humanity. Come on. He said, I was telling the truth. I won't let the first Adam back in. But when the second Adam showed up, the door flew back open. My friends, he has been telling the truth all along. It's a reframed perspective. Do you know why it took Jesus to give us access back to God, because no man can move an angel. The Bible says when Adam and Eve were cast out, there was an angel that guarded the door. Don't matter how big you are, how strong you are, how mighty you are, there is not one man that can move an angel. But when the king of glory shows up, woo, the door flies open. He's like the secret service agent standing out front of the Oval Office door. Ain't nobody getting past him until the president rolls up and then the secret service agent hops out of the way, opens the door, and the president strolls in and so does everyone who follows him. My friends, if you follow Jesus, if you're in Jesus, the guard has stepped out of the way because the king of glory has opened the door so that you and I can come in. My God was telling the truth. See, my friends, the story of deliverance didn't start here, but it was ratified here. What started in one garden thousands of years ago was finished in that garden on that day. From the start of sin to the breaking of its power, God was saying, I was telling the truth. My son 
shall overcome. I love what God was saying when David beat Goliath. And I know many of you are probably familiar with the story, but there may be a portion of the story you're not familiar with. After David had beaten Goliath, the Bible says in verse 54 that he chopped off his head and he ran the 13 miles to Jerusalem. He ran a half marathon to Jerusalem and he went onto the top of a hill outside of Jerusalem and he held the giant's head up for everyone in Jerusalem to see. And you may be saying, why? Well, because at that time, Jerusalem was in enemy hands. It had divided the nation. So why was doing that, David doing that? He was holding the head up because he was putting the enemy on notice. He was letting the enemy know that I'm coming for you next. Oh, you have oppressed my people for too long. I'm coming for you next. You have caused fear to hold my people back. I'm coming for you next. You had robbed my people of their harvest. What I've done to this giant, I'm about to do for you. I want you to know, enemy, come on. I am putting you on notice. I am coming for you next. Oh, my friends, this is what happened on that Easter weekend. Jesus went up to that hill called Golgotha, Goliath from Goth, the place of the skull. And he took the fight that he had been promising for generations to the enemy. And the empty tomb was God proclaiming to that enemy, I told you the truth. I was coming for you, and now the victory is mine in Jesus Christ. Even death and hell can't hold them back. The empty tomb, my friends, is God proclaiming the time of reckoning has come. Jesus said, I came, I saw, I conquered. What was started by one king on that hill was finished by the eternal king on that same hill. He was telling the truth to the enemy called fear, that had held his people back from faith for so long, afraid to be intimate with their God. He said, I was telling the truth. My perfect love will cast out the fear that separates us. My love. I want you to see my love. I want you to know I'm not angry with you. I don't hate you. No matter your lifestyle, your choices, where you've been or what you've done, I want you to know my perfect love can cast out any fear that keeps us separated. To the enemy of sin and death and hell, he said, I was telling the truth. I was coming for you. Grave? The grave. Death has been swallowed up in victory, the Bible says. Death, where is your sting? Come on. Hell, where is your victory? It has been swallowed up because Jesus took our hell, paid our price, demolished it. He simply didn't, uh, 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 he simply didn't overlook hell. He destroyed the power of hell and death and sin over our lives so that there's no victory left for death. Yeah. To the enemy of our soul, the accuser of our brother, and he said, I was telling the truth. 
I told you, no weapon formed against my people is going to prosper. I told you I was coming for you, devil. I told you I was coming and that you were next because I came, I saw, and I conquered your little behind. Come on. I actually disarmed all your weapons. I exposed all your schemes. You are not a roaring lion. You are a mouse with a bullhorn. Come on. There is only one roaring lion, and his name is Jesus. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah. And he rose again and reigns on high. I was telling the truth to the power of separation from God. I was telling the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I will make a way for you. I will make a way for you because I long to be with you. I will do away with everything that keeps you from me so that you, what you can't do, I will willingly do. Because I don't want us to be separated. I know you felt that in your heart for so long. I'm telling you the truth. To the power of shame and guilt that causes us to look away, he said, I was telling the truth. There is now no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. Why? Because he took the sin and he threw it as far, he threw it in the sea of forgetfulness. He took our sin and threw it as far as the east is from the west, my friends. He was telling the truth to the religious one, to the lost, to the wayward child. He says, I was telling the truth. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, you will be saved. You're going out and you're coming in. You will find good pasture. You will find blessing. You will find peace. You will find abundant life and what I can bring into your life. I am telling the truth. I am telling the truth. I've been telling the truth all along. Do you know something, my friends, that's so powerful if we think about it, is that it was not the cross that changed the minds of the disciples about Jesus. It was the empty tomb. They weren't willing to die because they believed that Jesus was crucified. They were willing to die for this one truth, one truth, one truth, The Bible says they were willing to die for this one truth, that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. On the third day, the body wasn't there. He showed up, resurrected, restored, and renewed, and ascended to be seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. My friends, he was telling the truth. He is the promised Messiah, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the living God, the King of kings and Lord of lords. He is the lie stealer and the truth dealer. He is the the open door, the one true path, the only one who is faithful and true. Even the person you love the most is not fully faithful and fully true. There is only one. That's why we cannot let our experiences with faithfulness and truth determine God, how we see God being faithful and true. Because there's only one who is faithful and true. His name is Jesus. And what I love about it is that the Bible says he's coming back the same way he went away. Revelation 19 says when it's all finished, when he's ready to come back, he gets on a white horse. And the rider of that white horse's name is Faithful and True. 
Come on. The way he, the way he is coming back is the way that he left. I was faithful and true before. I'll be faithful and true again. I've been faithful and true. I'll always be faithful and true. I am a truth teller. I am the lie stealer. I'm the truth dealer. I am faithful and true. So my friends, maybe right now you have, you're having an up till now type of moment. Like those who came to that tomb on that first Easter morning. Up till now, you didn't really know what to do with Jesus. Up until now, you had compartmentalized Jesus into a certain role to fit a certain narrative that makes our life comfortable in a certain paradigm. Maybe up till now, you really didn't believe that you could trust and believe in everything he said. But let the empty tomb speak to you this morning. Can I encourage you? Don't let this be a story. This is what they died for. This is what they died for. If they had taken the body, why would they die for it? they did not know that he was risen when they were being tortured and beaten spending decades in jail crucified upside down boiled alive ripped to parts and pieces they would have said in just a moment well wait a minute look no one's arguing that Jesus was crucified it's in Roman records but yeah we made up the thing about him rising Let the empty tomb speak to you today. It is God saying to you, I've been telling you the truth all along. I want to be with you. I'm desperately in love with you. There is not one work that you can do that can create access to me. It's only in following the king that gets you through that door. My friends, the real question this morning, just like it was for the disciples, is not how do we come to the tomb, but how will we leave? It's really not who have we said Jesus is before. It's who do you say he is now? This is the decision all of us get to make. What is the empty tomb saying to you about your life? What is the empty tomb saying to you about God's love towards you? What does the empty tomb proclaim to you about how faithful and true God is, even when our life experiences and logic say something else? Maybe you're having an up-till-this-now moment. And maybe for the first time, you can say, up-till-now, I wasn't sure I could trust him. But now I know I can. Here's what you can trust. That you will never be good enough to get to heaven.
no matter what you've done or what you do. But it's never based on your goodness. It's only based on His. Here is something that I know so many people struggle with, but here is the truth. It's what the cross and the tomb tell us. That salvation is a free gift. It cannot be earned nor deserved. We are saved by grace. It comes from God. Through faith, we believe that he died and that the empty tomb changed everything. And if we can believe that and accept it, then today we become a follower of Jesus. That's just how easy it is. Don't let logic that comes from a wrong paradigm, hurt that comes from a broken life, fear of what you think Jesus will make you do or become, keep you from trusting in the one who made you and who's faithful and true to you all along. The empty tomb proclaims he is telling the truth. Will you pray with me? Today's the day. The body isn't there, but Jesus always is. You heard me say a moment ago that salvation is a gift. And even right now, your soul could be battling that thought, Pastor, I wish that was true. I wish it was true. I wish it was true. My friends, I didn't say it. The same one who said that he was going to be betrayed, be arrested, be crucified, and rise again on the third day, he said it. And if he was faithful and true to that promise, he will be faithful and true to this promise, that salvation is a gift, freely received. doesn't matter what you've believed up till now, but it does believe, matter what you believe from now. If you are willing and ready to say yes to Jesus, to say, God, I'm so ready to come and be your disciple. I'm so ready to give my life to you. We've been at odds for too long. I've been separated from you for too long. I used to know you, but I know I've walked away. I've backslidden. I've lost enemy with you. Today, my friend, God is saying, come home, come home, come home. He's the father waiting at the door for the prodigal child to turn around. And then he runs to you with open arms. Today is your day. This is all we have to do is pray and receive that gift. So if that's where you are, no matter where you are with God, if you want to close the gap and be intimate with him right now, just pray this prayer from the bottom of your heart. Just say, dear Lord Jesus. Here I am today. I've come to give you my life. I'm holding nothing back. I receive today all that you paid for on the cross. I believe in you today because of your empty tomb. I'm asking you, Jesus, the resurrected King, 
to be Lord and Savior of my life. To destroy the power of separation. The power of sin, death, and hell. The power of shame, guilt, and fear. And today I declare that I am your child. I am made new. I am saved by your grace. And I am choosing from this day forward to live for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, give God some glory this morning, my God. Hallelujah. Woo. Oh, my goodness. My friends, look, if you prayed that prayer, we are so excited for you. No, I mean it. I'm truly... If this is your church home, we should be excited. If you made that decision, life changed. Eternity changed. And the one who said that he would come back, the one who said he'd die for you and raise again, is the same one who said he'll be with you now and forever. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you, says the Lord. Man, we want to help you, as you heard me say today. We want to help you in your walk with discipleship. This is Pastor Rick over here. He's going to come up in just a second. But Pastor Rick has a book for adults and for teens to help you understand the decision that you've made. Because sometimes we make a decision, but we don't fully understand it. This will help you, help you walk this thing out. If you're online, you could follow the prompt there, and we'll send you the book for free as well. It's been helping people. Maybe you have a friend who doesn't know Jesus yet. Or been struggling with that idea that I am saved by grace. Pick up the book. It's free. Take it. Invest it in their life. Thank you for letting me share in your life today. Thank you for taking the time to be here. To pay the money to gas to get here. Thank you. For Danielle and I, it's a privilege to be your pastors. We by no means are perfect, but we trust in the one who is, and we invite you to do the same. So thank you. He has risen. He has risen indeed. Can you give Pastor Rick a hand really quickly as he's coming? We love you, Pastor Rick. Can we give Pastor Kyle a hand? Praise God. And everybody on the worship team in here. In the 43 years I have been saved, this was the greatest, most spiritually penetrating, insightful Easter service I have ever heard. Thank you for preaching that. Thank you for being on your knees to receive that because that came right from the Holy Spirit. Thank you. Yes, you can do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I can do no less than share the truth about giving. We are going to receive an offering right now. And we don't use the word take because we are a family. We receive an offering for our king. But before I do that, I want to give you the uh, details about how to give today. You'll find small tables around the various seats around the sanctuary. And on those tables, there, is, there are pens and there's envelopes. You can certainly make out a check to the Connect Church if you want or put cash in it. And then 
you can go to the kiosks that are each of the exits. They're gold upright kiosks, and you can deposit there. Or, if you're a digital genius like myself, you can take your smartphone, open up your camera app, zoom in on that QR code, and it'll take you right to that site where you can give digitally as well. I impressed a lot of people a couple of months ago when I knew what a QR code is. It's quick response. Yeah, I didn't either. Anyway, in regards to giving, Bible says in Matthew 6, 21, where your treasure is, your heart is also. And giving is really a part of worship. It's a fundamental part of worship. And when we do that, we bless God, and we have so much to thank him for. But we also make a statement to him. We're telling him that we trust him with our finances and not rely on our own resources. And when that happens, and for some of us, our narrative needs to change about that, when that happens, we're really showing God, demonstrating to him that he's not just our our Savior. The Savior part is actually pretty easy, isn't it? Because it's free. It's the Lord part, the Lord of all part, that we all struggle with in life from time to time. But when we give this part of our life to him, everything changes in regards to our finances. We put it in his hands. And believe me, it comes back to us in so many ways during the course of a lifetime. The result, one of the results, the kingdom of God grows and advances in a way that would not be possible otherwise. And some of the people that you were going to have dinner with later at the Easter table are going to be in heaven because of the generosity that exists in this room and the opportunity to hear a message like we heard today that's so understandable. Thank you. Ahead of time, before you give, there's a scripture in the, in the Word that says, call those things that be not as though they are. We thank you for being here today. We thank you for having open hearts to give. And if you think of those loved ones and those people in your sphere of influence who aren't saved but will be saved, as the commercial said, that's priceless. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to give into your kingdom, to expand your kingdom, to be able to take these finances and bless those who we love and those around us. We ask that you bless this offering. We ask that you bless everyone in this room. And we thank you for the opportunity to celebrate a resurrected king. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Pastor Rick. Fantastic. Oh, church, hey, Easter Sunday. Hey, can you guys just stay with me? We're just going to, I'm just going to pray over you. We're going to go. Yeah, can you grab me a book real quick? Say we're good. Thanks. Even if you didn't make a decision today, I love what Pastor Rick just said. Today, you may be, you're going into a mission field. 
your family. It may not be maybe the time or the place to around the table to kind of lay out everything. Maybe it is. But you can always just take one of these and say, hey, cousin, hey, brother-in-law, hey, nephew, hey, niece, just pick this up. It's really helped me to understand something that changed my life, which is the walk with God. And just seat it to them. It may sit underneath their conference, t- uh, their, their coffee table for years. They may use it to prop up that one leg that's a little wobbly. But God has a way. Come on, somebody. God has a way. God has a way of orchestrating some things. When one night, come on somebody, that college student that came in from a rough night is going to be on the floor. Come on. And they're gonna, their face is going to be face down into this book. And they're going to be like, maybe I should read this bad boy. But you know what? When they can't read it, if they don't got it. The Bible says, when we sow, we will reap. Because my God is faithful to his word. He is wooing your family members even more than you are. So I just encourage you. Maybe take out that cross that you got today. And don't just throw it into a drawer. Maybe carry it in your purse or in your pocket this week. And be reminded of what we talked about today. He's faithful and true. My God is able. What is impossible for man is possible for my God. Do you believe that? Then come on, I'm going to pray that over you this week. I'm going to pray some miracles this week. If you just bow your head with me for a moment. Hey, listen, if you're here today, I just have something in my spirit. If you're here today and you have a need, uh, 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 maybe you, you have, you're battling a sickness, you've been battling some addiction, you've been battling depression, you, you, you need a job, you, you've, you've got some things that were lost and shattered and you need God. There's some things that the, the locusts have eaten and, and you need God to restore. Can you just lift up your hands? I'm going to pray for you right now. I'm going to believe that the word of God says where two touch something in agreement is going to be done by the Father that is in heaven. My God is telling the truth. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. I will restore the years the locusts have eaten. My God says... I will return sevenfold what the thief has stolen, the word of God says. Death and power, a death and hell and sin have no power over you. Father, we proclaim that your word is true. We know that the cross tells us you love us, but we know that the empty tomb shouts that you are the truth teller. And we believe no weapon formed against people shall prosper. We believe that you said what is impossible for man, what is impossible for a doctor, what is impossible for a human being is is not is, is still possible for the God of the impossible. Daddy, I pray that sickness may be driven away in Jesus' name, that depression may be shattered in the name of Jesus, that addiction may be released in Jesus' name, that bonds that have been generationally given down may end today at the cross and by the stripes of Jesus.
Jesus, people will be set free. I pray for provision and breakthrough and abundance in according to your word that says you have, the thief came to kill, steal, and destroy, but Jesus, you came to give life and life more abundantly. I pray for that abundant life over every person. I pray for the peace that passes all understanding to manifest himself. I pray for the Holy Spirit that you promised to send, to descend on every person in this room. I pray for boldness and faith, boldness in our faith to share the gospel in truth and in life. And Daddy, help us to love our neighbor, especially those we wish who were not our neighbors, but to love them the way that you have passionately and faithfully loved us. Change our minds and our hearts and help us to follow Jesus no matter where he will go. Now bless the coming in and the going out of each person in this room. May they find good pasture. May their cup runneth over. May the love of our God flow through them and to them and out of them and into the world around them for your glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. 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 God bless you, church. I love you. Have a great Resurrection Sunday. Happy Easter. We'll see you next week.